Welcome to Living Free Today, a ministry of Cornerstone Fellowship in San Lorenzo, California. These podcasts are the weekly sermons of Dr. Michael L. Wilson. This is the second Sunday of Advent. It is the Advent of Peace. When we look at peace in the Bible, it is pretty much represented in every book of the Old Testament and the New Testament. When we think of New Testament peace, which is what we are mostly interested in, there are two aspects or there are two sides to the peace offered to Christians in the New Testament. The first is peace with God. We have peace with God. And the second is the peace of God where we have peace in our lives, and we shall look at both of those and how Jesus has brought them to us. Open your Bibles, therefore, to Romans. Romans chapter 5. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, X. Romans, starting in verse 1. Romans 5, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. If you go back to the very beginning of time with Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve, I've heard people today say, Oh, Christianity has so many rules. Adam and Eve had one. Adam and Eve had one rule, and they didn't do it, and that is an act of rebellion. That is an act, as R.C. Sproul would say, of cosmic treason. It is telling God that his way is not good enough, and that I am going to put myself on the throne of my life and kick God off. God, my creator, God who gives me everything I need for life and happiness. And that has gone through the years until sin got so bad that God sent a flood. Then Noah had kids and grandkids and great-grandkids. And then some guy named Nimrod said, I'm going to build a tower, make a name for myself equal with God. And God said, oh, no, you're not. Confuse the languages from the Tower of Babel. And then it just continued on from there. When God brought the people out of Egypt, he gave them a system. He gave them a system of animal sacrifices, of blood sacrifices, saying that this blood was a temporary way for them to have peace with God. There would be daily, there would be weekly, there would be monthly, quarterly, and annual sacrifices depending on how sinful you were in your family And these things had to be repeated. Blood had to continually be spilt so that God would be satisfied and not wipe out the human race as he did back in the flood. And so all of these things are set up and human beings said, yeah, okay, I'll do it for a while. But then you read like, the first couple verses of 1 Samuel, and you have the high priest Eli 
and his sons were totally corrupting the animal sacrifice, they were turning it into a buffet of debauchery for themselves instead of sacrificing the animals for the forgiveness of sins. So even at the priest level, it got so corrupted that God brought in Samuel as a priest, prophet, judge to straighten things out. And that all goes until the end of Malachi, and then you have Jesus who is born. And Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. Jesus is, we say that he brings peace, that he is the advent of peace. And so when we ask what kind of peace, well, Jesus became the one and final sacrifice for the people of earth, that if we believe in him, as Romans 5.1 says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, not by works, not by doing stuff, not by looking pretty, not by doing the right rituals, we are justified by faith, we have peace with God. So Christ, we celebrate it at his birth, but the work of peace with God takes place at the cross. When he died on the cross, the temple curtain that separated the Holy of Holies, separated the presence of God from the rest of humanity, was torn in two from top to bottom, which is a physical impossibility, but God did it, and God did it to show that now because Christ has paid the penalty, we have peace with God. God is no longer mad at you. God is no longer expressing wrath at you. If you look at Romans 1, it says the wrath of God is being expressed even now to all ungodliness. And if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, that wrath is not being expressed to you. You have peace with God. Now, this peace with God is a, is a writer, is a add-on, is a included in the salvation package. You believe in God. You believe in Jesus. You make him your Lord and Savior. You get forgiveness of sins and peace, of, peace with God is in that package. You don't have to extra, pay extra for it. You don't have to do anything to get it or to keep it. When I was thinking about this, I thought it was like, uh, so we got Canada to the north. Currently, we are at peace with Canada. In fact, you look at the history of the United States, we've always been at peace with Canada. They're buddies to us. I don't know if this will last forever. I don't know about the world situation. But right now, we have peace with Canada, and you are at peace with Canada. Apart from COVID, you can actually go there and walk around and spend your money and then bring things back. And Canada would be friendly to you. Canada people come to here. Americans go to there and we are at peace. And you don't have to do anything to keep it going. You don't have to negotiate it every year. You don't have to. You just have to live in it. And that's how it is. Peace with God is that you are declared by God at peace. You are declared by God, not at war with him. You are a buddy. You are a friend. You are adopted. You are at peace with God as declared by God. 
And all we have to do is live in it. We don't have to work for it or keep it going or even really think about it. And what do we get? Well, it says in verse 2, Through him we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. The primary thing we get when we have peace with God is access. We can pray, we can praise, we can sing praises to him. We don't have to fear him. We can partake in the things of God. Because we have peace with God. And this is something that we have to know. This is something that we have to live in. But we don't have to do anything to keep it going. The second part is the peace of God. The peace of God is different. Peace of God means you have peace in you. That when you're walking around the world and doing stuff. You have peace about it. You have peace in it. And that is talked about in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Now, what this is saying is if you use the access that you have because of your peace with God and you pray about things and you ask for things, supplication is a fancy way of saying ask for stuff. So you ask God for what you want. You have a difficult situation. Um, we found out on Friday that our homeowner's insurance is canceled because we have too many claims, okay? They didn't like the fact that our kitchen flooded or whatever. And so as of February, they give us to February to find other insurance. But they just decided, and there's no appeal, and there's nobody that you can call, and it's just the way that it is. And so I could focus on that, and I could say, well, that's bad, and you know, I gotta move and I gotta do all these things because I can't get insurance. Or I cannot be anxious about it. Okay, that's a choice. I'm not being anxious about it. But in everything, and this is in everything, in everything, prayer and ask God. So I begin to ask God for insurance. I begin to ask God that our agent that we've had for, I don't know, 35 years, that our insurance agent will be able to find us an insurance that we can afford and that this cancellation won't like propagate, blackball us in the insurance industry. I don't even know how it works. But the, the, God knows how it works. God can fix it. God can go ding and change people's hearts, change people's minds, and I can have people lining up at my door offering me insurance. God can do that. God can do everything and anything he wants. And so I begin to pray about this problem. And I got to put in thanksgiving. I thank God that in eternity... My insurance with him's never going to be canceled. He's never going to say, I've sinned too much and kick me out. So I can thank God. 
I can begin to thank God for all that he's done. I can thank him for who he is. I can thank him for hearing my prayers, for the access and the peace I have with him. And whatever happens with the insurance, my focus begins to come to a true focus on God and who he is and his power and his strength and how Compared to him, my lack of homeowner's insurance is small potatoes. It's meaningless. It's nothing. In eternity, I won't care that I didn't have insurance come February. These things are insignificant compared to God and to eternity. And so as I begin to pray to him, as I begin to thank him that we are no longer at war, that we have peace, and when I, that is not an automatic. I've talked to some people who don't believe in God, trying to witness to them, talk about how they're at war with God, and they go, I'm not at war with God, I don't even believe in him. That's not how it works. You've got to look at it from God's point of view. If you don't believe in him, that's blasphemy. You're at war with God from his point of view. Your unforgiven sin puts you in a state of conflict and challenge to the lordship of God in the universe. You are saying if you have tons of unforgiven sin that you know better than God and that puts you in a state of war. The fancy word the Bible uses is enmity. Enmity means war means conflict. But when you become a Christian, your sins are forgiven and you no longer have conflict with God. And that puts you in a different state than the world of unbelievers. You now do not have to not only fight the things in your life, but fight your creator God, as most people out there are doing. That God is pushing against them. God will fight back if you are in a state of war with him. If you're in a state of peace with him, if you have peace, if you are adopted into his family, then that whole issue of where you're going to be in eternity, of what is going to happen in eternity, of who you're going to be with in eternity, becomes instantly solved. And I think if you look at everything that's in your life, and say, I'm choosing not to be anxious about it. The way Paul writes in Philippians 4, anxiety is a choice. It is not an automatic. It just doesn't come. It is a choice. Now, you may begin to feel nervous. Nervous is an emotion. Okay? What do you do with it? Scared is an emotion. If you say, yes, these are true and I'm going to study, yeah, that's what I'm going to be, then you build anxiety. But if you let the fear of a situation come, and what do you do? You pray about everything and you begin asking God for what do you want? And what do you want? You want the fear to go away. You want to be not be scared of this situation. You want to be not be anxious about this situation. And you keep praying about it and then a peace that the world cannot understand. You could have all sorts of garbage going on, 
but be at peace in your heart. And if an unsaved person sees this, a family member, work, whatever, sees what you are doing, how you are responding, it is not understandable. They will not be able to understand how you can have peace in this bad situation because that peace comes from the Holy Spirit. Unsaved people do not have the Holy Spirit. Christians have the Holy Spirit. So we get the peace of God in times when the world cannot do it. I've had people say, well, I can, I can close my eyes and I can focus on something and I will gain peace. Sure, there is peace in the world. There is peace that comes through discipline and there's peace that comes through focusing of the mind but it is all in human strength we can fake peace there is peace from God there is human peace which is a counterfeit if you compare the two when the rubber meets the road they may look similar but the peace of God will last your whole life while this person who is working on peace through meditation or whatever, they will have their ups and downs. Theirs is situational. They gain their peace by things that are outside of them. You gain your peace by what is inside of you, which is the Holy Spirit. And so some people say, because they focus on externals, that if you Vote the right way, you will have peace. If you live in the right part of town or the right city, you will have peace. If this person or that person is in the White House, you will have peace. But all these things change. All these things change regularly. And if my peace is based on the weather, I'm only peaceful when it's sunny. Well, some days it's going to rain. And if it's going to rain, does my peace go out the window? Yet if it is the peace of God, all that is going on out there, all the politics, all the chaos, all the violence, all the stuff that is going on will not affect, will not touch my peace because God does not change. God is above it all. And if God gives me the peace... It is a peace that the world cannot understand, and it will be eternal. You will have peace that you can't even understand when you're finally in heaven and the new heaven and the new earth. So we keep God on the throne. We praise Him for being on the throne of our lives, and we don't work to kick Him off. And if you do that and you pray about everything and you ask him about everything, then you will have the peace that surpasses all understanding because of Jesus Christ who came on that first Christmas. Let us pray. Lord God Almighty, I thank you for this truth. I thank you for this understanding that if we focus on you, you will give us a mental and emotional and heartfelt peace that will last through all things. We ask your blessing upon this time, knowing that it is only through your life that we can have true peace. We ask this in the blood of Christ. Amen.
Cornerstone Fellowship is located at 180 Llewellyn Boulevard, San Lorenzo, California. Our Sunday morning service is at 1045 a.m. Our website is livingfreetoday.org and our phone number is 510-278-2622. May God continue to bless you as you serve your King. God bless.